This recording is intended to be used as an educational resource for healthcare providers. It is in no way a substitute for the independent decision making and judgment of a qualified healthcare professional. It should not be used to make a diagnosis or to overrule the advice of a qualified healthcare provider, nor should it be used to provide advice for emergency medical treatment. Rwandan National Neonatal Protocol Infectious Diseases with Dr. Stevenson Muzeme. Introduction. Hello everyone, I'm uh, Dr. Stevenson Musime. I'm a consultant pediatrician practicing here in Rwanda. I'm going to talk about uh, infectious diseases, this chapter 9 in the neonatal protocol. Overview. And by the end of this chapter, I expect all participants to be able to define serious bacterial infection of the newborn and recognize maternal and infant risk factors. Uh, also, I expect them to understand how to diagnose and treat serious bacterial infection in a neonate. Understanding infectious diseases. Neonatal sepsis is a clinical syndrome of systemic illness accompanied by typically by bacteremia occurring in the first 28 days of life. A bacterial infection causing sepsis, urinary tract infection, or meningitis can have serious consequences for the newborns. But uh, these serious infections can sometimes be difficult to detect in the early phases. The four major criteria should, should arouse suspicion of bacterial infection. One, the mother has a risk factor for infection. The newborn requires resuscitation at birth. The newborn is a premature raw birth weight less than 2.5 kilograms. The new, newborn has danger signs. Maternal risk factors for infection include fever over, over 38 degrees Celsius during labor or within the first 24 hours after delivery, urinary tract infection during pregnancy, duration of rupture of membranes more than 18 hours before delivery, uterine tenderness or foul smearing amniotic fluid, obstetric diagnosis of chorioamnionitis, invasive procedures or home delivery. When considering danger signs, vital signs should be assessed. Fever over 38 degrees Celsius or unexplained hypothermia of less than 36 degrees Celsius are both danger signs, as are tachycardia, bradycardia, tachypnea, and bradypnea. Other danger signs of infection are poor perfusion, abnormal breathing, cara, activity of feeding, and barging fontanelle. Poor perfusion can be identified by capillary refill time of more than three seconds. Abnormal breathing includes, includes gasping, grunting, severe chest in drawing, nasal flaring, and apnea. Newborns can be cyanotic, can be pale, gray, motored, jaundiced, or erythematous, including umbilical flare. 
Abnormal activities for a newborn include tremors, irritability, seizures, stiffness, hypotonia, and lethargy. Abnormal feeding includes decreased intake, abdominal distension, recurrent vomiting, diarrhea, and otherwise unexplained hypo or hyperglycemia. Newborns with bacterial sepsis can become very sick in a short period of time, meaning that clinical care must be initiated quickly. If infection is suspected, immediately notify a doctor if the newborn has signs of or risk factors for sepsis. Obtain the necessary laboratory testing and administer antibiotics as soon as possible, ideally within one hour of suspicion of infection and prescriber order. Provide supportive care such as intravenous fluids or oxygen if indicated. There are several tests that can be helpful to determine if a newborn has a serious bacterial infection. Full blood count, C-reactive protein, and if possible, blood culture. The full blood count with differential is concerning for sepsis if the total white blood cell count is abnormal, either less than 5,000 or greater than 20,000 or differential with granulocytes more than 70%. Both the C-reactive protein and blood culture are concerning for sepsis if positive. A lumbar puncture should be considered if there is a concern for meningitis, such as bulging fontanelle, lethargy, irritability, conversions, or meningismus. Meningitis should be suspected if uh, Cerebrospinal fluid is crowded, white blood cell count or protein is elevated, or glucose is low, or gram stain or culture is positive. A chest X-ray should be performed if there are signs of respiratory distress or oxygen saturation. Finally, urinalysis and urinogram stain should be performed if the infant is older than seven days and there is a concern for sepsis. If sepsis, pneumonia, or urinary tract infection is suspected while waiting for the results of the testing, ampicillin and gentamicin should be administered. When a baby is being evaluated or treated for sepsis, an organism has been identified, it is important to give both ampicillin and gentamicin to cover the range of gram-positive and gram-negative bacteria that are most commonly involved in the newborn bacteria infections. If you suspect meningitis, ampicillin and kefotaxim, which, which is preferred or kefotrexone, should be given. Gentamicin should also be changed to kefotaxim or kefotrexone if the baby has inadequate urine output. Once the laboratory results are available and the clinical course of the newborn has been observed typically for 48 hours, the medical team must decide if the sepsis evaluation is negative or positive. If it is positive, it must further be determined if the infection is a pneumonia, meningitis, or urinary tract infection. Factors that support a negative sepsis evaluation are 
One, limited perinatal risk factors for sepsis, a mild clinical course with the newborn asymptomatic at 48 hours, and laboratory testing that does not indicate sepsis. This could include a total white cell count between 5,000 and 20,000, granulocytes less than 70%, with negative CRP and blood culture. When a sepsis evaluation is determined to be negative, antibiotic therapy should be discontinued after 48 hours. If there are additional concerns, observe the newborn for one to two days of antibiotics and monitor for signs and symptoms of partially treated sepsis. Factors that support a positive sepsis evaluation are history of multiple perinatal risk factors for sepsis, a clinical course that is more severe and still symptomatic at 48 hours, and laboratory testing plus or minus chest x-ray supportive of sepsis, total white cell count of less than five or more than 20, granulocytes more than 70% or C-reactive protein and blood culture positive. If a newborn is presumed to have bacterial sepsis, administer antibiotics for seven days and if response is poor, after 48 hours, change entomycin to third generation kefalosporin, kefotaxin preferable or kefotrexone. If symptoms persist after one week, Continue antibiotics for up to 14 days or until symptoms resolve. If there is no improvement, consider bacterial process resistant to current antibiotics and other diagnoses such as viral process, malaria, tuberculosis, atypical pneumonia like chlamydia or congenital heart disease. Once a newborn has been diagnosed with bacterial infection, it is critical to consider whether she has meningitis given the high risk of dissemination from the blood the meninges. Factors that are concerning for meningitis are a clinical course with systematic symptoms such as poor perfusion, abnormal neurological exam including full fontanelle, abnormal tone, or seizures. To assess for meningitis, the newborns should have a lumbar puncture. Meningitis is diagnosed if the CSF has more than 30 white white blood cell count. Antibiotic therapy should be 14 days for gram-positive organisms and 21 days for gram-negatives. Gram-negative coverage should be with a third generation kefalosporin, ideally kefotaxin, and not gentamicin due to its poor CNS penetration. If a specific organism is identified, tail antibiotic coverage accordingly. If the etiology of the meningitis is not known, determine the duration of treatment by clinical judgment, normalization of CSF, full blood count, and CRP. When evaluating for urinary tract infection, look for abnormal vital signs, ear appearance after seven days old, and the concerning urinalysis with high white blood count, positive leukocyte esterase, cloud appearance, and positive nitrates. 
Treatment involves ampicillin and gentamicin for seven days. There are certain considerations to keep in mind when giving antibiotics. Antibiotics that cover gram-positives and negative organisms must both be given for the same duration to ensure adequate treatment unless a specific organism is identified. Ampicillin should be given by a slow intravenous push over three to five minutes, followed by a siren flash to clear out the medication from the infusion line. Give gentamicin separately over 30 minutes by a syringe pump or slow push, followed by a siren flash. This is important because it is if beta-lactam therapy, such as ampicillin or kephalosporins, is given in the same syringe or immediately before or after aminoglycoside therapy, it may result in an activation of the aminoglycoside. This table reviews antibiotics and their dosing information. This table reviews the antibiotics that should be given for each condition. Both tables can be found in the neonatal protocol. Some maternal infections can be transmitted perinatally if proper preventive measures are not in place. If the mom the mother has HIV, it is important to note if the mother has been started on antiretroviral therapy and start a newborn on a varapin per EMTCT protocol. For mothers with syphilis, the infant is at risk if the mother was not treated or partially treated for the infection during her pregnancy. Full maternal treatment is 2.4 million international units basically, per week for three weeks, given more than 30 days per prior to delivery. Treat with one dose of 50,000 international units per kilogram of IMB benzacin penicillin if the mother had no or inadequate treatment and the baby appears well. Treat with 50,000 international units per kilogram per dose IV penicillin G twice a day for 10 days if clinical signs of syphilis are present in the newborn. These signs might include bullous visions, anemia, hepatosplenomegaly, pseudoparasis of a rib, coryza, and jaundice. If the mother is hepatitis B surface antigen positive, give the hepatitis B vaccine and anti-hepatitis immunoglobulin, 200 international units, if available within 12 hours of delivery. If signs of maternal and or newborn TB are present, refer to national protocol for treatment details. Newborns may develop minor skin infections such as pustules and vesicles. Lesions should be cleaned with an antiseptic and if closed, kept clean and monitored. If open, apply topical antibiotic ointment. If a newborn has many pastures and no danger signs, start cloxacin 25 mg 
per kilogram per dose twice a day or for five days. If pastures are very large and or numerous with danger signs, hospitalize the newborn and treat with antibiotics against the staph aureus, vancomycin or cloxacin. If vesicles are present, consider a diagnosis of herpes simplex virus and treat with acyclovir. Case studies. We will now practice with a case study of Emmanuel, a full-time baby boy who is now eight hours old. He was just transferred to a neonatal ward from maternity. His mother had rupture of membranes for 24 hours prior to delivery and he presents with respiratory distress, poor perfusion, and a capillary feed time of four seconds. The fontanelle is flat, and the baby is not irritable. What laboratory evaluation would you request? You request a full blood count and CRP. The results come back. What count? 22,000. Granulocytes, 82% and CRP is positive. What's your diagnosis and treatment plan? Which antibiotics would you prescribe? At what dose for how long? You diagnose manual with presumed sepsis or pneumonia and prescribe ampicillin and gentamicin. Ampicillin should be given at a dose of 50 mg per kg per dose every 12 hours. Gentamicin should be given at a dose of 5 mg per kg per dose, IV every 24 hours. These antibiotics should be given for one week, and if symptoms persist, extend treatment and consider other diagnoses. You should consider meningitis in all cases of sepsis, but in this case, really doubt due to lack of mening meningitic signs and the presence of other localizing respiratory symptoms. Uh, Alice is a subject of our next case study. She was born full-term and her mother had uh, intrapartum fever up to 39 degrees Celsius and a rupture of membrane for 36 hours prior to delivery. Alice has been admitted to the neonatal unit and started on ampicillin and gentamicin. She's now two days old. On her physical examination, you observe a full fontanelle and no table lethargy. What is your presumed diagnosis? What will you do for evaluation and treatment? You diagnose Alice with a problem meningitis. To further evaluate, you perform a lumbar puncture and send CSF for cell count, glucose and protein, gram stain. To treat Alice, you continue ampicillin and increase the dose to 150 mg per Kg. Change the gentamicin to kefotaxin or kefotrexon. The CSF results show 97 white cell blood count, 4 red blood cells, glucose 12 mg per deciliter, protein 76 mg per deciliter. Gram stain shows gram positive cocci in chains. What course of antibiotics is appropriate? Treatment for gram-positive meningitis should continue for 14 days. If the gram stain short gram-negative bacteria, the treatment should be extended to 21 days.
If a specific organism is identified, tailor the antibiotic coverage accordingly. Aris looks entirely well on the turn of treatment. The weekend doctor wants to stop antibiotics and discharge Aris home. Is this the appropriate plan? The answer is no. The full antibiotic course must be completed even if the baby looks healthy. If antibiotics are discontinued after 10 days of treatment, there is a risk of leaving eyes with partially treated meningitis. Infection could recur of antibiotics and this could put eyes at risk of further impairment to our CNS. Summary. At the end of this chapter, you should now be able to, one, define serious bacteria infection of the newborn and recognize maternal and infant risk factors. Two, understand how to diagnose and treat a serious bacterial infection in a neonate. When thinking about infectious diseases, consider these key points. One, bacterial infections such as sepsis, urinary tract infection or meningitis can have serious consequences for newborns and often be difficult to detect. It is important to act quickly when responding to a potential case of infection. The major categories of diagnosis are negative sepsis evaluation, presumed sepsis, pneumonia, and meningitis. Assume that blood and body substances of all patients are potential sources of infection, regardless of diagnosis or presumed infectious status. Good heart Hand hygiene is the simplest, most cost-effective way of preventing transmission of infection. Thank you very much for your attention. Hopefully it will be helpful. This information will be helpful in your practice. This recording is a production of Open Pediatrics, a free and open access resource for pediatric clinicians worldwide. For more pediatric care materials or to join our global community, please visit our website at openpediatrics.org.